Hello everybody, my name is Daniel Thompson and I'm the Talent Operations Coordinator for British Canoeing. So welcome to this Talent Parent Programme podcast series. Each month we hope to be able to bring you a new podcast revisiting some of our 2019 topics that was delivered in webinar format. Um, we're delivering it in podcast format this year based on feedback that we've received from parents to improve the accessibility of being able to access these type of resources. So to ensure the relevancy of these podcasts, each podcast will have facilitating discussions between a programme coach, a subject matter expert and a parent. Today's podcast is on being a parent to a talent programme athlete. This podcast today is specific just to the slalom discipline and we are running a sprint specific discipline on this topic area which will be brought to you soon as well. So for today's podcast we hope to be able to better under, help you to better understand the relationships and partnerships of the programme and also draw from experiences of parents both positive and challenges that they face. So we'll begin this podcast with a few introductions. Um, so with myself this evening, we've got Richard Bansdale and Julia Kang. So um, I'll, over to you, Rich, to introduce yourself. Um, okay. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Julia. I'm Head of Talent um, for the England Talent Programme. Um, I have experience with coaching. I've been a coach probably for 10 years-ish, working at, uh, within the England Programme for a while. Um, I've worked across other home nation programs as well for the Welsh and Scottish systems uh, and I've done community work uh, in terms of other sports for coaching and I've also done some voluntary coaching within the, my, my, uh, my canoe club. Um, so yeah, head of talent and sort of spend most of my time now sat behind a desk away from any riverbank or regatta lake. Um, so, but enjoying it in the winter months, definitely. Oh yes, exactly the same for myself really as well, <laughs> I'd say. Um, and yourself, Julia, if you just want yeah, to thank you. Yourself. Thank you first for um, allowing me to come in and, and talk. Um, as a parent, it's, it's really good to be in the loop and um, be fed information from you guys. So to actually be participating in this, I find it really valuable experience for me. And I hope that I'll be able to share some of my experiences with other people. Um, my daughter's been paddling now for four years, so she started in year eight and she's just moved into year 12. Um, she began um, actually by chance when Kate Dixon, who was um, promoting the sport, came into my primary school where I work and asked if um, she could do, deliver a taster session. Um, and some of the children in year six, including Macy's brother, wanted um, to come down to Home Pier Ponds to get involved. And Macy, who was in year eight at the time, pleaded with me, could she go? So I asked Kate if she could tag along. Um, and Macy started paddling with Kate and then was picked up on the, um, the TID programme back in year eight. And then she's progressed through um, the pathway and she's now on ENTS um, working with RASBO. Great. Um, we'll bring, we'll um, take it back a couple of steps and we'll just talk about um, a couple of the different progressions that Macy's made, made throughout the pathway. Um, so I'll actually come to you first, Rich. Um, so can you just sort of briefly describe the slalom pathway um, as it currently is and what the intended experiences are at each different tier within the pathway? 
Um, so the pathway split, well, the, the program is split into four different tiers. So uh, you've got RTA at the bottom, so Regional Talent Academy is the sort of base of the, uh, the tiering system. You've got the Super Regional Program, um, sort of as the second level, and then our England National Talent Squad and our England Performance Squad. So the region, we've got effectively two tiers that are regional, two tiers that are national. Uh, they are divided into uh, regions uh, north, central and south within England. Um, the regional programs have a progressive level of support. So, you know, at an RTA level, the coach is only sort of 10 hours a week. So there is a limited amount of contact time, but that's in order to ensure that, you know, we're sort of we're drip feeding this opportunity into athletes and we're not sort of going um, too heavy too soon. Because we want athletes to sort of enjoy sport. We want them to have a good, solid foundation. We want them to enjoy canoeing as well. So we don't want to sort of be too pressured too soon. Um, at an RTA level, it's all about having fun, uh, about learning what it's like to potentially become part of the pathway. So a lot of the coaches will do goal setting, reviewing, they'll do a lot of um, strength and conditioning work, um, but just to sort of start and begin uh, the process. That kind of very much ramps up when it comes to a super regional program, so a bit more support, the coaches full time, uh, expectation will be a little bit higher. Um, you know, the guys, all the, the guys and girls will progress through the divisional system and will be racing at the top end. Um, and then we get to the national level, our England National Talent Programme, and that becomes a lot more uh, focused. And, you know, the, that focus becomes more tailored towards delivery at certain race events. So selection for the GB teams is a big, big priority and support those athletes that make the GB team. Um, our England performance squad is really designed for those athletes that need a little bit of extra time to develop and progress to the world-class program. Ultimately, the aim with the program is to develop athletes that are capable of transitioning onto the world-class programs, and they can do that potentially through uh, transitioning from an ENTS program, so as a junior progressing up, um, uh, or an England performance squad athlete, they might come in as an under-23 and progress up that way. So it's kind of gives um, a couple of different options for people to progress. Um, coaching is sort of designed to be progressive all the way through, so we're trying to be um, athlete-centric whenever we are sort of doing work, when we're, when we're kind of establishing programs, so we're trying to base it around the individual needs of the athlete, um, balanced with, you know, how do you get the best out of the group. Um, ultimately, at every level, the coach is trying to develop and encourage ownership as much as possible. Um, you know, the coach can't be around 24-7. So what we try to do is, is teach the merits of, uh, you know, being independent and being uh, driven and working on your own uh, areas of development and very much kind of see that as a big sort of thing that, you know, our high-performing people strategy is trying to develop. Um, so that was a very long-winded answer. Uh, has that kind of been enough for you, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, in terms of um, explaining all the, the different tiers that um, we have within our pathway. Um, so going back to, to you, yourself, Julia, um, Macy is currently um, on our England National Talent Squad um, and she progressed up from that, from the Super Regional Squad. Yeah. Um, can you sort of just explain um, some of the experiences that Macy's had and um, the positive benefits that she's had within the programme? Um well, as she's as she's progressed um, up into from the regional squads to the ENTS, um, it it suddenly becomes more serious. Um, as a parent, right at the beginning, you don't really realise well what you're getting into, um, 
and it's all for fun and it's it's nice to have that healthy competitiveness but then suddenly you realize that your child's actually good at something um and then you start seeing that the more work and commitment they're putting in the coach is putting in you're putting in and then the results start to come um and then you find yourself looking closer at um races that they're entering the points that they need to progress the matrix criteria um and it sort of all it it builds and builds and builds and then channels and channels and funnels people out mm -hmm. and then sort of the the better ones keep keep going and going um and for macy because of her competitiveness and the desire that she wanted to get better and better um she was in a very lucky place that she had the coaching support that allowed her to do that um and i think as rich said at the beginning um there's not as much emphasis on the paddlers being more responsible for their own development so as a parent if you don't put that commitment in um it's not going to work so you've got to be really supportive of your child to enable them to make those steps and as macy's got older she's taken more ownership of her own development which does help you as a parent i mean back in the beginning i didn't realize that she needed to be doing all these races and she'd plead with me can i go can i go here can i go there and sort of juggle it around a brother's football fixtures and my training um, so I, I compete at a national level for my sport and it was sort of who takes priority um, and there's times when I know I should have entered to, to a race and it sort of slipped through the radar and looking at the start list and not seeing a name on there and it's who's <laughs> to blame so it's good in a way that the older they get the more responsibility they're expected to take and it helps as a parent it sort of takes a little bit of pressure off you um but the experience macy's had has been really positive um she's happy and driven and when she's training and when she's competing she's in a really good place and when she has that downtime away from her sport she's sort of at a loose end and wondering what to do with herself and she she said to me once i don't know what people do who haven't got a sport like i have to keep keep them focused and keep them active and doing something um I think it's good as well, healthy competitiveness. Um, and even though when you're competing against your friends on the day, they're your, sort of, they're your rivals, but the, the healthy competitiveness is lovely to see because they'll all congratulate each other. Mm. Even if somebody beats, beats you on one day, it's, you still applaud them, well done. And the parents as well, the parents are really supportive. So they'll come and say, oh, well done. She raced really well today. And you find that there's, there's a lot, it, it's, like a, it's like a family of people all all around that you've met through through the process and um i'd say that's one of the real advantages and um that she's she's got a lot from being part of british canoeing and, and the setup here um, um so yeah yeah you mentioned a couple of big qualities that um macy's probably developed over time um the competitiveness has always been there um but um, remaining competitive and also that ownership element there and um, is that something um, that you think that she's developed as she's um, progressed through the pathway? I do. I think at the beginning, she was very aware of how other people were performing and being very competitive. I mean, she probably gets that from me because I'm the same. She was worried about how that person had 
performed rather than perhaps looking at her own race. Um, and I think that this programme's taught her a lot about herself um, and to look more into her own um, outcomes as opposed to what other people have been doing. And she's really focused. She's learnt, she's learnt that from her coaches. She's learnt to focus on herself and perform to her ability um, and not worry about other people. Um, but I think it has taught a, a healthy competitiveness because you do see, in my line of work, because I teach PE, and I see children that are very competitive and it can bring out the worst in them when you when you put them in that situation. So I think as an athlete, you do need to be shown how to develop those qualities. Um, and I think that's been good. Um, it's interesting that you um, mentioned a bit about um, being process driven um, and it's not relating to the outcomes. Um, Rich, as a talent programme, is that something that you see um, is what you want to see from our athletes within the programme and that what the programme's aiming for? Yeah, uh, and I think, you know, you can't, especially in slalom, I think because it's in a really fluid, literally a fluid environment, being highly dynamic, you need to be really good at adapting and you know, being able to make that quick second, that split second decision. And I think, you know, you're not going to be able to do that if you're thinking about, you know, the outcome or your competition. And, you know, Macy's obviously um, uh, got a good balance of <clears throat> being able to sort of remain competitive with that kind of overall ambition, but also stay in the moment and stay uh, fixed on, you know, what she has control over. And, you know, I see that as a, probably something that's really critical for a performer, but really critical as well for a resilient, healthy young person. And I think, you know, that's ultimately um, what we're trying to get out of the provision here, because, you know, who's to say whether Macy is going to be the next world champion but you know by participating in the program we're hoping that she at the very least becomes better as a result of it and you know becoming more capable and more rounded and more confident as an individual is something that everybody in the system wants to see and um, yeah is that sort of the success um in the eyes of um, the program that you you see the program as yeah I'd see it as one of the successes i think you know ultimately the podium is only three steps wide and uh, you know, not everyone could be successful. So I think you know, we've got an aim of developing performers, but we've also got an aim of developing people um, as people and making sure that we're not just sort of flogging that performance agenda because ultimately, you know, we can't guarantee that. You know, who's, we can't guarantee anything to that level. But what we can, uh, uh, so, you know, what we can sort of aspire to is making sure that anyone that comes into the program leaves leaves the program better as a result of it and that's you know what we try to do day in day out i think i'd second that as a as a parent as well that it's not just about them performing and making those results and reaching that criteria it's about rounding them as an individual and teaching them that resilience and being able to come back stronger when you when you don't have a success and you have something that's not necessarily gone your way and i think my advice would be for anyone is don't put too much pressure on your child um, don't try and coach them <laughs> leave it to the coaches because at the end of the day that's what they're good at and sometimes I know I've been in a situation where I've thought I've been helpful and I've said totally the wrong thing at the wrong time Macy had been on the start pool and I'd spoken to her or done something and um, it made her quite angry and I was at, at one stage it's race day okay just leave her alone make sure she's got water make sure she's fed here if she needs me 
and we've got now a good system in place that I'll be there to pass her a water bottle if she needs it when she starts and then I'll just move away and I'll, I'll stand somewhere where she knows that I'm there but I'm not overly there um, it sounds like um, you've got like a that good relationship between yourself and Macy there. Um, is that something that obviously you had to develop I and have, learn yeah. a bit over the years? Because what I would say that knowing how important the results are to her um, in terms of the effort that she's putting in the training, and it just only takes one little mistake to change the whole mm. outcome, and it can be months of training for that for that one moment. And it can be just gone in a flash. So as a parent, you you do want your child to do well. You will them to do well. And you can put pressure on them because of how you're feeling and your nerves and your anxiety. And Macy used to say, Mum, you're making me nervous. You're making me nervous because she could see that I was nervous. Um, and now I know that as long as she's had a good meal the day before, she's slept well and, and I can help and contribute to those things. I can't do a lot for her on race day. And I think we'll always have that system where she needs her own headspace. She needs her own time, her own thoughts. I know I've done my bit leading up to the race and done as much as I can the day before. And then I'm there at the bottom when she finishes to either give her a shoulder to cry on or to, you know, give her a thumbs up and a big cuddle when she knows that she's done well. So um, I think as a parent, it's, it, I find it really hard. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like if you're ever watching your child competing at the Olympics. I just, I don't know how that would feel, but I know for me at the moment, I find it quite stressful and I'm a very anxious um, spectator. <laughs> so I'm having to deal with my own strategies as well, so the best way that for me to cope with it. Um, and for me, that's to sort of stand away and watch from a distance. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine as a parent, um, Rich, if you were, uh... Um, as an athlete that's seen their parent um, being all anxious uh, at the start, just before they're at the start line, it's uh, not a good thing um, just before they're about to start for, for a race. Yeah, I mean, it's very much like spooking a horse, isn't it? You know, you kind of don't approach a nervous horse nervously because it's only going to end in tears. Um, yeah, I think um, there's really good examples there of the process that's had to sort of been to, to be endured, I think, to actually get to a happy medium or a happy kind of relationship. And I think it's probably worth saying that, you know, I've seen that in a lot of a lot of parents, but it looks very different. You've got some parents that are more involved and some parents that are a lot less involved. And I think it's about making sure that you have that, that conversation and you constantly sort of um, iterate the process because, you know, Macy now is very different to the Macy that was racing at a Div 3. Or a mm -hmm. Div four, and you know you are literally going to have to be there on the bank, kind of pointing yeah. the gates out as she goes down. I would imagine. I used to have to tra tell her to get out of a wet kit. <laughs> when you wet kit, and she'd just be there freezing cold because that's what she just wanted to wear a kit. Probably she wanted to wear yeah. a new kit. She's probably not something you have to have a chat with. No, about. not at all. Yeah. So not at all. I think it's making sure that kind of that dialogue's left open, and um, yeah, I don't. I mean, my uh, my partner raced as well, and you know, raced for Olympic selection. And I never, I hated watching all that. Like it was absolutely horrible. Like, because you've got no control over the outcome mm. at all, and the only thing you can do is sort of negatively impact it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, not an enviable place to be, but I don't know, a critical place because you know, at the end of the day, they depend on you, mm. and um, it's something that the coach 
will want uh, to sort of to help with as well. And I think it's it's important that there's a three-way conversation between parent, athlete, and coach. Because mm. equally, what you might you might have said in the start pool to rile up was probably just might have been just because it was you. You know, anyone else saying it, it might have been the right thing. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, what the parents know, mm. as some athletes might say. And um, yeah, what you mentioned there about that three-way parent, athlete, coach. Um, so we're talking there about the athlete team. Um, so start with yourself, Rich. What do you think a successful athlete team looks like? Um, I think similar to what I said there, just you know, one that talks to each other. Um, I think it's it's critical that everybody is is open and has that conversation because equally. You know, the, the athlete might be in a position where they're not comfortable to sort of tell their parents that, you know, actually you're making me really nervous and it might have to then come from the coach, but the coach isn't going to know that unless, you know, the athlete is open and the, the parent is open to sort of, um, you know, kind of hear that information. I think equally um, the coach as well, making sure that they appreciate that the parent is actually the expert in their child because they spend 24-7 around them and, you know, they know them better than anyone else, uh, and I think it's making sure that you know there's there's a bit of respect on all parties' uh, side. But I think you know it is very much a team, and it's something that needs to be sort of worked on uh, with any as as in any relationship. And any anything else to you feel like you need to add, Julia? I think that you've all got to have the same goals mm. because if it's only your child that has that goal and that ambition and that desire and you don't fully support that they're never going to get where they want to be um, and if you're the person that's got the goal and the desire and they haven't it's the same thing they're not going to achieve the goals because they don't want to be there but I think you've all got to be singing from the same song sheet and you've all got to want the same things um, and we've been really lucky because Macy's had a supportive parent who um, wants her to do as well as she wants to do herself but also all the way through the programs that she's been on the coaches have always had her best interests at heart um and i would say from what i've seen from my eyes it's not just a job for them it's also a passion um and you can see it especially with with rasbo the hours that he puts in and the dedication he's got and he knows every single one of his paddlers um and the feedback that he gives from the from the riverbank, not just in a race, but throughout his training, it's detailed to every single stroke, and he remembers what every person's done. And I look at him and I think, how does he know that? How does he do that? And when I'm teaching, I give feedback to children, but he he just knows exactly what it's almost like he's got a photographic memory. Yeah. Um, so she's been very privileged to be able to access the coaching that she's had all the way through the program, and she's very lucky that. For me, it's it's not just them doing their job; it's them taking it that step further to really let these children believe that they can do what they want to do and, and achieve their goals. Have, have there been any challenges? And what what those how you um, as a team or Macy and yourself tried to overcome those challenges? Um, I think the biggest I don't I don't think there's ever been challenges with the program that she's on and the coach. And I think that, that it's always been fully supportive to her. And um, I would say some of the biggest challenges that she's had to face are, um, she's made a lot of sacrifices, um, especially at her age now where a lot of her friends are going out 
meeting up to parties and socialising. Sometimes I feel that she misses out on those things because she does prioritise her training or the fact that she's got to get up early for training. Um, and I think she has got to grasp these chances that she's got now because they might not come around again. But then sometimes I think it's a shame that she's not able to do the things that I did when I was her age because I found my sport when I was 40. So I'd done all that and then gone into that and then achieved my goals later in life. But for her, it's it's a difficult time um, because she wants to do well at the sport that she's passionate about, but also she wants to be a, a teenager. Um, and she went, well, she went to the ECA, ECA races and she didn't go to a prom. And for me, that speaks volumes about how dedicated she is to what she's doing. Um, there's also obviously financial challenges. Um, and at the beginning, it's okay because you start paddling, you, you, you maybe borrow a boat from the club or you borrow a kit and then suddenly they, they're really keen and you need to have your own CAG decks um, and then you can buy your secondhand stuff, which is great. And then suddenly, before we know it, they're competing a higher level and they need a better boat and they need uh, a faster <laughs> racing skin to, to go down the course in. And there, you, at the beginning, you don't realise financial commitment. I mean, we, we ended up buying a tent. We're not campers, but we bought a tent <laughs> because we knew that some of the races we went to, um, we could only camp and there was nowhere to stay. But the tent took the whole of my boot of the car plus the rest of the car and we had to leave Ruben somewhere because we couldn't fit him in <laughs> and then we bought a bigger car so then the car came and then um then the boat and so at the beginning I think if someone said to me you're going to be paying out x amount of money each year for your daughter to compete I'd be saying you're having a laugh what you're talking about and but you just you find ways to to financially support what you're doing and I mean, I've applied, I've applied for grants along the way. So there's a talented athlete grant, um, Nottinghamshire, and then there's the elite athlete grant that you can dip into funds for those. And then I think a Lord Mayor's grant I, I got one year for her. Um, and also sharing costs between families when you go in to a race. We've stayed in with a few families in the same Airbnb and we do swapses with our friends down in um, Lee Valley. So they, we stay with them, they stay with us up here. So I think the more people you can work together with, um, um, that's a massive help financially because it, it reduces your costs um, of when you have to stay away for races and um, camps. Um, also the time commitment. Mm. So when, you're, when they're training in like 11 sessions a week, you're the only person taking them backwards and forwards to those sessions if they're if they're not able to get there themselves for whatever reason. Um, it does help to work with other parents. When Macy was in the regional group, we sat down with all the parents and we had a big <laughs> table as big as this. And um, one of the parents got on the little spreadsheet and we worked out lift rotors and we had we had a brilliant system in place. So someone would collect them from school in a big car and drop them here and then someone would drop those children there and That's great, it was is, brilliant yeah. um, and we could not have done it without each other and even now um i share lifts with with um the verdans around the corner and we um sort of coordinate between us who's going where and then to the camps i'll take one time and then they'll take the other so the more parents that you can get in your support network the better 
um, and that's really really important. What any um, views that you've um, got on your side, Rich, that um, Julia has just mentioned, and anything else that you think is set to help Julia out a bit? Um, I think you know that level of organisation is critical because you know it, it lightens the load and it also means that um, you know it, it adds something to it. It's a social kind of network for the parents as well. Um, you know, it's a it's a friendly sport. Uh, like we said a bit earlier, people can actually be competitive with each other, but still, you know, quite honestly, on race day, wish everyone the best. And I think that's because you, you're battling the water, not your competitor. You're trying to deliver a performance. Um, I mean, it, it sounds like you know there's a real, a real clear kind of grasp of what's what needs to be done. Uh, I think financially, yes, there is there is a challenge, and there's a challenge in our sport, and there's a challenge in any sport to an elite level. I think you know, latest Sport England figures. Uh, say the average is about seven grand a year to compete at a at a level in in a in a, a sport England funded talent pathway. Uh, I'd probably wager it's a little bit more within our sport given the travel um, to locations. Um, there are ways and means around it, but there's no kind of hiding away from the fact that there is going to be a financial um, uh, commitment. I think when we sort of sat down to prepare for this, uh, we spoke about um, you know critical spends as well. Do you remember sort of? I think at, at the beginning, you don't need to worry too much about kit mm. because there are a lot of places like on the buying and selling website where you can access used kit that's perfectly good. It's just that someone else has grown out of it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's when you start needing to get your own boat, when you get, I mean, I think Macy got her, she got her boat at the start of events and she needed that a sleeker, faster yeah. better lighter boat um but her first boat um actually it's still in the garage <laughs> it's, it's one of those but but somebody approached me actually one of the boys i said had started paddling that ah, was introduced okay. his dad came and saw me on friday and said is that boat still for sale so at the beginning your costs aren't extortionate because you might travel to a race um here there or but when you start getting up to the um more elite level you do have to travel further afield and if you're going up to Tully um, you've got your transport up there you've got your accommodation costs then you've got your race costs and then obviously when you go to the ECA races or you're going abroad you've got your, your travel and then you've got your accommodation and things like that so um, it's probably something had I known more about it I would have probably looked to try and save a little bit more ahead of ahead of the, the few years that she's been going into it mm. it's like when you know you want to send your child to a private school mm. <laughs> you, you make sure you've got the resources in yeah. place but as i say there are grants and things that you can tap into um yeah the, um, that's um, glad you touched on on that there because yeah there are a couple of different grants available and um, so a lot of good grants that um, people can access um i definitely recommend um, going to their local authority, um, so their borough council, they tend to have some sort of sport-specific grant for athletes. Equally, they're an active partnership, um, formerly known as county sport partnerships. So there's usually a grant or two available um, from them there, and then there's obviously other different nationwide grants mm -hmm. that are available. 
um, so a resource and um, a document on the website um, which details a couple of different nationwide grants that um, parents can look at um, to see whether it's appropriate for their son or daughter to access. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely say it's something that a parent um, equally as, as a program and um, we can signpost um, parents to, but I'd, I'd also suggest that you know, there's other grants that we might not know about that the yeah. parents probably do know about as well. Yeah. And it's definitely worth taking your boat insurance, and with that, you get your paddle is insured as well, um, and things like that that you don't always think of, mm. of doing, but it is useful because you might just be putting the boat on top of the car and the wind blows and off yeah. it goes. And um, Macy snapped a paddle when she was at Tully one year, um, but it's good to, it's good to know the things that you do need to think about. And obviously, your boat storage is important because it saves a fire every time yeah. you travel backwards <laughs> and forwards. And, um, but if you think about the costs of the actual coaching program, it, I think it's massively great value for money when you think of what you pay out for other, other things that you do. And if you split that across the year and the amount of times that they paddle, it's minimal, really. Um, but the, probably the races... At this, when you look at all the races that you enter, um, that can be a big cost, but because the money comes out just before a race, you don't notice the big spend that you, you're spending on the races. Mm -hmm. I will um, bring the webinar to a close very shortly. I've just got one sort of final question for you both. Um, start over to you, Rich. The first question I've got is, well, for both of you, what is the one bit of advice that you um, can give to support um, the athlete team and also pa help parents to support their athletes? Um, one bit of advice. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff we've sort of spoke about today has been about uh, being deliberate and being um, and, and controlling the controllables. I think, you know, listening to Macy's experience, it's, a lot of it has been, you know, she's been presented an opportunity but she's actually deliberately invested and she's worked hard. And I think, to my mind, I, I, what I want to do with the program is basically, you know, it, it to, be a, to be a place where, you know, people can succeed because they've got the opportunity to do so, but that opportunity will look different in different places. And what the common thing needs to be is actually how people actively, proactively go out and, engage with that and make the most out of it you know because our northern support looks very diff different to our central support and our central support looks very different to our southern support and ultimately it's, it's how much how much use you make of what you've got available to you and how much you choose to invest of yourself and ultimately that's a choice and you know it's your choice to how how you apply your best every day and i think that ultimately will kind of pay back so, and it'll pay back how much you've invested. And I like that about the program because I think it teaches a really important life lesson. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, that's what we're about as well as developing performance. And I think, you know, I reflect back on my time in canoeing and, you know, my parents' support was incredibly different to the support that Macy benefits from her parents. Uh, you know, my, my dad would drive in two events and that would be about it. We didn't come from a sporty family, but I was driven enough to sort of, you know, to see that I actually wanted to do stuff, and I was very deliberate with how I went about, and was, was very driven as a result of that. 
and you know I think that's taught me more than my degree did. Um, so I think you know it it really is what what's the one one bit of advice? I think it's it's to make the most out of the opportunities that are given to you, engage with the process, and ultimately have fun because I think you know it's about the experience of the family and the athlete as a whole that will actually see you through and. It is a fun sport. It is a challenging sport as well, but you know it's a sport that a lot of people are very passionate about. And I think once you get bitten by the bug, it's um, it's not something that's hard to invest in if, if it's the sort of thing that you're enjoying. Good. Over to you, Julie. Your one piece yeah, of advice. Yeah, I think my you? advice is have a plan in place for every eventuality. Because <laughs> if <laughs> your child doesn't reach their goal, it's not a failure because they've gained so much from their journey. Um, and it's just that it's just not the right time. And um, I'm a true believer that if you, ha you have to experience failure to know what it feels like to want to do something even more than you did before. Um, so I think if you love something enough, it doesn't matter what is thrown at you. If you really want it enough, you'll get to your goal eventually. It might take you longer than somebody else, but I think just believe in yourself, believe in your child, because if you don't believe in them, they'll never believe in themselves either. That's good. Good piece of advice there. Yeah. Okay. So um, thank you um, to both um, Rich and Julia for being involved in today's podcast. Um, as a programme, we hope that you found this podcast useful. Um, and then if you have any follow-up questions, um, then please do get in touch with the Talent Programme team. So that's myself, um, Rich, or even your squad coach, if you've got any questions uh, around anything else to ask. And uh, we will um, gladly answer your questions and queries that you might have there. So this podcast is available on the Talent Parent Programme webpage. And um, we'll also add additional resources around this particular topic area on the web page as well. So thank you once again this evening, uh, Rich and thank Julia. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thank you.